At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the problem? What the hell's the matter? Now please, go on. He can't hurt you. You don't have to be afraid. I understand. Yes. I feel your anger. Who the fuck are you talking to? Charles. Yes, yes, you have a son. You're with your son? The fuck? I don't got no kids. Oh, old Sonny. Pagano? Kind spirit. Is your name Sonny? Charles Pagano. How the fuck do you know that? He says he was your first. But I feel many more. Hey! That one's laughing. Poison Ivy? He wants to know if it still itches. Don't fuck with me. Who you been talking to? I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Why? What the fuck are they saying? You really want me to say it? Fuck you and this bullshit. That's what this is, you know. Satanic black magic. Sick shit. I'm asking you to leave, sir. Eh? Fucking quiz! <laughs> Galveston was wide open. Yeah, they were going to run the brothels, they were going to run uh, all or most of the gambling. More houses of prostitution per capita than probably any, any sin city in, in the United States. Gambling, though, was the main event. Even the grocery stores, uh, some of the restaurants would have a slot machine in it, uh, and it didn't hurt anything. Well, as early as the 1920s, Galveston was uh, advertising itself as the playground of the Southwest. So certainly we have people from Houston, but we have people from north, uh, north of Houston in the state and outside. Gambling uh, was everywhere, slot machines, pinball machines, but we did have the first class casinos and, and, and entertainment, uh, such as the Balinese Room and the Turf Grill. In my book, I list 183 different clubs. This is from the period of 1923 through 1957. Um, and some of those, most of those are in Galveston County. They weren't all in Galveston. Dickinson uh, had quite a few of them. They were kind of with the blessing of the Maceos. The people that would open the clubs would, would buy the equipment off of the Maceos. Or they would have the Maceos come in and put their equipment in and they would get a percentage of them. Locals will tell you that Galveston was a safer place back then. It wasn't good for business if 
you know, some citizen from Houston was going to get rolled on the on the uh, on the street. So, you know, if there was a uh, that kind of thing that occurred, you know, then that guy just wasn't there anymore. Crime uh, was a no-no basically in Galveston because if you disturbed people coming by being a criminal, uh, you just you left the island one way or the other. When things escalated, the Maceos played tough. There was petty crime, but anything larger than that was handled and handled uh, very swiftly. So they, they, they also policed their own organizations and really didn't allow any underhandedness. Nobody ever got killed that didn't deserve it. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the Chicago's uh, gangsters, machine guns, and all that kind of stuff. It was just a family, and, and the Fertitas was involved with it. Reviewing the newspaper articles of the era, I don't get the sense that this was a city run by wise guys. For the most part, outside crime families were kept off the island. Well, there were a few attempts to break into this, uh, to this organization here, but they were discouraged by the Maceos. They were really pretty jolly people and had a lot of good times. I think when someone started to disrupt their business or their potential to make the money, they did most likely do away with them. I forgive you because I can't forget you. You got me in between the devil and the deep blue sea. I ought to cross you off my list. But when you come knocking at my door, fate seems to give my heart a twist, and I come running back for more. I should hate you, but I guess I love you. You've got me in between the devil and the deep blue sea. This is all fun and stuff. But things like what happened last week yeah, don't easily... I'm not necessarily okay with it. Things got a little weird down in Galveston. A little, a little weird. How long were you down there? You were down there for like, what, five days? Yeah, Monday till Saturday. Saturday. It's strange because the trip is broken up into segments in my mind. First of all, just massive shout out to Melissa Hall because she rocks. And she wasn't there Monday. So we got there. Kind of kicked it. I just kind of familiarized myself with the place again, as yeah. it were. And Melissa does the tours. Yeah, she's the concierge and director of first impressions. and She was helping yeah, get so you access to certain places. So she came in Tuesday, and it was decided that we would try doing the live 501 investigation. Mm -hmm. 
501 being the room with all the the legend attached to it. It's funny because somebody sent me uh, only in your state. Have you seen these have been popping up loads lately? I don't know. It's like only in your state dot com, but it's like only in your state haunted locations or road trips or things yeah. to do. It's kind of like a thrill list or some such. But the one about the Galvez is way off. Oh, really? Yeah, way off. It's that the woman hung herself in the room. It's saying 505. 505 does have some, definitely some tales has, attached to it, right? Definitely has some activity. I'll have to state right now that one of the things that I thought about the hotel has been incorrect, that there was not an orphanage presently planted on that location. Ah. It was just down the street. That I think we discussed that a little bit in our first Galveston episode. Right. About how an orphanage, which did get destroyed during the storm. Right. But the Galvez was not built on its foundations or... But apparently the interwebs have a way of taking these stories. And that was kind of what Melissa was saying that, you know, a lot of this stuff took off on social media, as it were. But I thought the live broadcast from 501 via Facebook went really well. Yeah. There was really no part in it when... Anything felt strange. Caught some audio. A weird breath or something like that. Sounds like a disembodied. (gasps) Yeah. I mean, yeah, 501 was the. Was Audra's room. Yeah, it was the place to start because, I mean. That's where a lot of tales are attached to. I, I know that that one gentleman was telling the story about the people who were staying next to it and heard a party or, or heard a, a lot of ruckus going on next door. Yeah, talking, were, television on, Yeah, and there was no one staying there. And 501 was also the room outside of which that picture, that, that picture that we've been so creeped out about coincidentally no that was on the other end of the hall okay what's odd is of all the pictures melissa had never seen that one was she creeped out by that one? that took place 10 years ago about and it was during a renovation period definitely thought it was weird she trumped that picture (laughs) hard I feel like with the a couple of those other ones with the bathroom photograph and then the wedding photo from eight years earlier with the same guy in it. Yeah. So here I get this story, you know, about this pirate that's showing up in these pictures, apparently, and real offhandedly, she mentioned that we've had a lot of activity up on the seventh floor lately and okay realize how i'm absorbing this information and there's kind of 
initially I don't necessarily care about that. You know what I mean? I'm focused on 501, and that's what I'm thinking about. And she's yeah. like, you should go up there. This would be a good thing. And, and that uh, Davis, who you ran into during your before you go to 501, he had a story. Right. She had told me about that. So here's the word cloud that I have associated with the boardroom. Davis's story about the chair turning and looking at him when he walked in. There's something about a goon or like the heavy for the Maceo family who started the Balinese room and ran Galveston, what was known as the free state of Galveston. Mm -hmm. Two brothers from Sicily. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Word cloud. Again, shadow figures. Oh, there are reports of that going on up there? And that Mr. Bobby, who is the older black gentleman who's been there for like 50 years, didn't want to go up there. Okay? But I'm also, again, I'm just trying to make sure that we do this first thing, which we've kind of teased. I want to make sure this goes off without a hitch. And really, it did. had a really good time talking to the folks that work there, Latonya, and in fact, she didn't know about the photograph. She mentions that she doesn't want to go into that bathroom down there, doesn't mm-hmm. like that bathroom. She never said why, she just got a weird feeling in there. Right. Yeah. And that bathroom picture is is very creepy. Especially when you pair it with the other one. And they both look like Monty, who just left. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'm walking around, I'm talking to LaTanya about, hey, this is what we're going to be doing here tonight. She's talking about how the one thing that really crazy happened was the phone flying off of the counter right there. Oh, yeah. Which is actually caught on security camera. But those are all the stories that I was relatively familiar with going in. Right. Not anything necessarily evil. I've never had anything with this hotel give off even the slightest indication that there was something evil going on there at all. Yeah. In fact, I feel like we even caught audio of the person on five on the fifth floor who talked to me initially. I feel like I got audio of him again, kind of being a little bit of a prankster. I want to play a couple of clips this is two years ago at the Galvez. Is there anybody out here? I want you to notice that there are some situations where there seems to be like there's different sounding voices. That was two years ago on the fifth floor. Well, this is in the front at the front desk when I'm showing Latanya. The photograph from the bathroom, this is captured. Which we seem to think is saying no photos. Sounds a little like that, yeah. When I'm on the fifth floor, here's just some of the things that occurred. What's crazy is that area where I captured that initial EVP 
I am kind of walking through, do you remember me? And weird hum, noise, crack, something that occurs. Fast forward to later on during the 501 overnight investigation. I'm over in that area. In fact, I leave the recorder running in 501 and I walk out the door and I take the camera with me. So this is off of the live feed. Mm -hmm. Here's the hallway. In fact, right here is where I had the initial EVP happen. And earlier I was up here and I said, do you remember me? And this is me saying, this is what happened. Again, I feel like it's saying that was fun. Initially, we thought yeah. that was a name. Yeah, that was fun, or that was the one, or something like that. This is why I was standing in front of the air at the floor, and I asked it if they remembered me. Pops Yeah, I can kind of hear that as well. That was fun. Clock over there by the bed says 302. You sound like you're a tough customer. You a badass? Hmm? Are you? So that was great. You know, it was awesome being in 501 and caught some things and there's some weird stuff. And, and that was the first that was the first night of. There's a lot more than that, but that's not really the point. Right. <laughs> it's all fun and games, ghosting. After talking to Davis and hearing him directly say that, hey, I walked into that room. And as soon as I crossed the threshold of that room, the chair to the right hand of the head of the table. So it's a huge conference room. There's a long table. It's a frame roof. That's the other thing. That part of the hotel is the oldest part of the hotel. There's not been any renovation up there. The shapes are original. There's not like new fixtures and any of that stuff. Does up it there. get used? Rarely. It's, look, on that seventh floor, there's the presidential suite and three or four more suites. Now, Sam Maceo, again, he and his brother ran Galveston, okay? Gaming, prostitution, bootlegging, anything you wanted. They They opened the Balinese room across the way. Everybody from Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack, Peggy Lee, you name it, they're bringing big acts in. So this was from like Prohibition on into the 50s about. Right. He had a penthouse at the Galvez. One thing that Davis said that really. So I went up there with Melissa to look at the place. In the day. Yeah, during the day. And we're up there. She's saying, hey, you know, you walk up, you get off the elevator, there's presidential suite on the right, 
another suite, another suite, another suite. And then there's a pool table in kind of a loungy area, two closed double doors that open up into another lounge that there's a wet bar, there's a bathroom, there's a big couch, there's a bookcase with a bunch of Texas history books on it, tile floor, and then another set of double doors. And inside those double doors is the boardroom or the conference room, which has kind of an older carpet on it, similar to this, has these light fixtures that go down the middle of the table, above the table. There's two little closets on either side when you walk in, and then there's two doors in each of the corners, and that leads out into the attic. And the Galvez has that A-frame type roof, and when you walk in there, it's the attic, basically. Right, you're in an unfinished portion of... Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's like being in an attic. I don't know what else to say, and it's crazy. They have old stuff up there. They have all of the Galveston Island Mardi Gras posters framed, stuck in little areas. There's a lot of the electrical system is up there, so there's a really loud kind of going on. And this whole idea of the mafia being there is really intriguing to me but i'm thinking hey man one thing melissa said was can you imagine the kind of parties that they had here yeah when he's bringing the rat pack in and all of these big time performers and everything as i was getting ready to do that that night and wanted to start a lot earlier than i did starting the 501 at three o'clock was crazy anyway <laughs> a bit of a fool's errand yeah i should have walked it up to three so that's why i was like let's do that tonight yeah a little midnight to 3 a.m or something some right that nature one of the things that davis said the macios were they were the big uh gangster family and so the there's a chance that there's some people that came up here that didn't leave alive so it's a, he did a lot of business, a lot of his backroom business up here. And so I, I very well could have walked in on an old mafia meeting and uh, wasn't friendly. That there had to be people that walked into this room that didn't walk out. It's a heavy thought. But yeah, more than likely. Who would sit at the right hand seat of the boss? Probably the uh, heavy. Yeah. Probably a big, a big the bodyguard. bodyguard. Enforcer type. I just remember this mention of there being a goon. Shadow figures. People afraid to go up there. But none of this is in my head as I'm getting ready to go for the investigation. And Davis is off, so a young buck by the name of Tyler is my security detail. And it's he and I, just us, and the interweb. Mm-hmm. And so your idea was to go up there, have some music going, kind of set an attitude, set a, an atmosphere. Right. I pulled flapper music, anything from the 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up to ZZ Top's Balinese is in the little playlist that I made. And then it hits me that, hey, dummy, 
you're not going to be able to roll this playlist off of your phone since your phone is essentially the camera. So we decide to take a laptop. And I'm just going to use basically pulling the same songs kind of that I'm thinking on the laptop, put them into the YouTube, do, 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 do. That will be our stereo. Crack a bottle of champagne, got a couple of glasses, clinkity clink. Let's have a couple of drinks. We're having a good time. Mm-hmm. The room itself, because there are no windows, it's essentially a room in an attic, and then it's just walls and what have you. Right. I mean, when I heard, uh, that was the one thing that I heard Davis say about it in that initial, when you initially ran into him, was that it was basically there's a door, there's one way in, one way out. It's almost like you walled off the end of a hallway, and then that's like that's the room is what's left. Right. And... We have since put this broadcast up on YouTube, and you can, it's also on our Facebook page or whatever, but it's on our YouTube page, where you can get a good look at what I'm talking about. The whole first hour and, hour and, that's crazy that we were only up there an hour and 13 minutes. (laughs) Felt like a little bit of a time... Completely. Time slows down up there or something. Well, it also just makes me think of how fast everything happened. So we go in, we start the music, crack the champagne. I'm asking some questions. The weird thing is, is that audio that I said sounds like that was fun. Uh Uh-huh. We kind of thought that it was a name. And we kind of thought it was a name like Ellis Hunt or Alice Hunt. So I was going to ask about this name. And when you Google Alice Hunt Galveston, there is a woman that passed away a couple of years ago. It would have been alive through all that time that's just buried right up the road in a little town called Dickinson. Oddly enough, when Sam Maceo in the free state of Galvez was running, if you were driving down 45 into Galveston, you passed the Maceo Dickinson line. That's what they called it. Because really? once you crossed into the county, they owned it. It's a different place. Yeah. Since at that time, there was none of that stuff was legal in Texas. But anything goes on the island. They ran the whole ship. No you one get was away st- with anything that you wanted to get yeah, away with. No one there. was standing up to him. No. I, I remember in that one article that you sent me it was sort of there was not a question of whether or not you were going to be doing business with them or whether or not you were going to be taking some of their slot machines it was yeah just one of the many. guys at guidos which is still the oldest restaurant there on the seawall he mm-hmm. said you didn't they didn't ask you if you wanted one of their gaming machines you they asked how many yeah. you wanted it just didn't take very long after an initial few questions for things to start going awry. And we immediately heard, we would hear like what sounded like footsteps or like a random in the attic next to us. Like a knocking or a thud? Like more like a thud. Yeah. And I would say that, and again, the video will verify this, 
a lot of this was hazy. And let me tell you, going back and watching this video was nuts because seeing it from a third party angle after the fact, I was like, couldn't really believe what I was looking at. So let's let's maybe I won't say jump ahead, but after you, I mean, you do you start feeling different while while you're up there? And do you like once you once you're out and looking back at it now, are you like, my head was in a different place or something was totally something was making me feel weird because like like you said when you go back and watch it, I mean I'm wondering if you even kind of how clearly you remember it all or well I don't just I want to make it clear about the idea that I was going up there to have a party because I was going up there to have a party and somewhere pretty quickly. I turned very aggressive. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sell you uh, some snake oil and say that I was like overtaken by whatever's up there. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know if this is something about me that maybe I'm coming in tune with because there were two different things that happened that night that felt different. And again... Except at the very end of the first night when I said, man, you sound like you're you're probably kind of a badass, you know, did I say anything regarding slightly aggressive? Right. Trying to trying to toy with them or rile them up. What is odd is that somebody thinks that that says, oh, fuck you. in that really growly voice. After you say you're a badass. Right. You sound like you're a tough customer. You're a badass. Hmm? Are you? I mean, it's hard to understand, but I could hear that. Hard consonants, growly voice. Yeah. Not at all like the, that was fun. Right, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing tricks on you the whole time. <laughs> so, I start asking, who's the guy downstairs in the bathroom that's showing up in the mirror? Who's... The pirate. Who's Alice Hunt? (laughs) Who's the person on the fifth floor that's smoking? That's really where my focus is. Yeah. And we get through a couple of two or three songs and then the laptop cuts off. And it cuts off right at the beginning of a Billie Holiday song. And I don't know if maybe that was the key trigger of when it started to feel like something was pushing back to us. Because all of a sudden, I took this turn where instead of, hey, we're up here having a good time, you want to come out and talk to us, da-da-da-da, I got an overwhelming feeling like, you don't belong up here. You're not supposed to be here. And not only are you not supposed to be here, I don't like that you're here. And not only do I not like that you're here, I'm kind of going to make it uncomfortable for you. Right, a threatening. And what's amazing to me looking back at it, and I don't know if this is part of the performance of knowing that we were live And that there were a lot of people watching 
you know, not huge numbers, but you know who you were. A lot of people were checking in. Yeah. But I don't feel okay with the way that I acted now in hindsight. I didn't like the way overly aggressive is putting it lightly. I come across as being an ass. But again, I'm almost pushing back on something that's up there. And it felt really weird in the terms that I knew whatever was in there was a bully. Right, yeah. If you if you want to put it in human terms, if you're dealing with someone who's being aggressive and oafish and just kind of like getting in your in your space, you're going to push back on that. You're going to bow up a little bit. You're going to be like, "Hey, what the fuck's your problem?" Like, you know. And I'm not a tough guy in that sense, you know? Yeah. I'm a I'm a long hair. I'll chill with you. But something made it that way. That was the feeling in the room was one of aggression. Right. And that's the word that I start to use is bully. So again, the computer stops on this Billie Holiday song. And I immediately am like, what, you don't like black girls? Which is an interesting thing to to say. Well... I mean, if we're talking about prohibition. Sure, yeah. I mean, was that in your head? Was it in your head that you might have been talking to someone from, like, one of the one of the Maceo people? Was was that in your not, head? No, not when I went up there. I went up there more along the lines of creating the atmosphere of the Rat Pack. Yeah. But no, I didn't go in there thinking that it was going to be, and I don't necessarily think it was either one of them that was in there. Well, I don't. I don't mean like one of the brothers. I just mean like somebody from that, from that organization. Right. Like when you say that, when you say, "Oh, you don't like black girls," do you think you're talking to like a? Did you feel at the time that you were talking to like some sort of '30s gangster or something like that? Not consciously, but obviously, it reacting. turned that way. Yeah. And the knocking and the pinging that begin to go on in that room, I want to say one thing that we've noticed with most of our audio is there are these like atmospheric pops that occur just before or just after or during some sort of recording uh, voice coming through. Yeah. Which... I just put that out for what happened coming up. After I asked the thing or said the thing about the, you don't like black girls. Guess that's kind of when it started to go downhill because we were at first dumbfounded by the way that YouTube was reacting. The weird thing was we still had internet the internet in that place is good as long as you're solo. You know, when I was walking through and switching from, it's so huge, there's eight Wi-Fi locations. And so when you're moving in between them, yeah, especially when you're doing a live video feed on your phone. It's not really set up for that. No, but the internet up there was fine. Our phones were working. 
but YouTube would, and really the laptop in general, YouTube started the video feed just saying an error occurred and there was this weird like scrolling of the video that looked like static with like a white line going down and going down and going down. Almost like a VCR tracking problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then the tabs that were open were flashing yellow. It just looked like mayhem on my computer screen. Yeah. We start to focus on, at that point, I have the music playing in the parlor, a recorder rolling the whole time in the boardroom, and I'm kind of walking around, getting a feel for the joint, and... I set the phone up facing out towards the parlor and somewhere in there, the noises inside the attic, it became more evident that something was in there. This is before you went into the attic? Right. So I'm just, I walk over to one of the doors and it's locked back because Davis had showed, Davis and Melissa and I had gone up there earlier. We'd kind of walked through there. So I asked Tyler if he has a key. He's like, I'm not even sure. Let me see. So he opens it. And I go through there with the, hey, are you in here? Are you hiding in here? Come on out. What's going on with you? I see some of those posters and I'm talking to him. And right before we're going to walk outside back into the conference room, I tell him, hey, hang on just a minute. And he stops, and there's a that goes on in the parlor slash conference room area. Out outside of where you are. Yeah, back inside. Yeah. Because we're in the attic here. And the door's open, but it's it sounds like there's people running around over there. Mm-hmm. From that point on, the place felt heavy, heavy, oppressive, heavy. Yeah. I don't know if whatever is up there was back in those shadows in the attic. Because that's a kind of perfect spot for something to retreat to and somewhere where nobody is up there. Yeah. And I went and poked it with a stick. And it came out. Because I get the idea that I'm going to go and set the phone up. I kind of look at the comments of what's going on. Some people are saying that they definitely heard that th thumb, thumb, thumb. Do we have audio of that? Or did that not... It came across. Again, I have some of those bangs, you know. Yeah. So those are the types of sounds that you would hear? And that sounds like somebody, like, dropped a book on the table in the room yeah, right yeah. next to you. Slap. Okay. And that happened often, especially when Tyler left. But I'll get to that in a minute. But I go and I put the phone facing into the boardroom. And 
just yeah. set it down on a table facing into the boardroom. That's when I started asking the question about what do you know about the Maceo family? And if you look at the video, there's something weird going on in the top corner of that video. And I'm not saying that I necessarily saw it live, but people watching the video feed could see it. But I'm standing to the side. I don't even know if I was necessarily looking in there. I'm kind of out of the way of the camera pointing in the room. Yeah. But people were seeing and the video seems to show almost like a like a shadow that continuously is moving and gets larger gets smaller right like the light is being is being blocked or or just something is over there in in that top corner out of the door that we just walked out of right i get this overwhelming urge that i need to go in there so i pick the phone up And here's the thing. I took one step in, fully crossed the threshold and froze. And I hear something in the corner like footsteps moving in that corner. I say it on the video. I'm like, I just heard footsteps right there. And there is like a resonance in the room at this point. It is evident that... I'm not the only thing in there. I'm not the only force in the room. Yeah. And I say, come on then. So I heard slash felt like a, a, like an uproar of magnetism like a what like standing near a generator or something like that right but it's on the other end of the room starting kind of over there in that corner yeah and it gets bigger and the crazy thing that is happening with those lights is the lights are like kind of I wouldn't say pulsing, but they kind of feel like they're getting brighter. But the crazy thing is it felt like it was moving through the electrical line towards me Mm -hmm. in so much as I'm looking at the lights and I can see it in terms of the hearing and the force and seeing the way that the lights are reacting, coming down that line. It's like the intensity is changing it, along. Right, the- right. It's, and I feel it all the way through me. Every hair on my body is standing up. I felt it in my legs mostly, which was crazy. And all I do is turn my torso. I don't even move my feet because I'm really so blown away that this is occurring. And it was almost as if it moved through me all the way through the parlor. And I give a, you guys hear that too, right? It was so 
loud in there. Just the energy in that room just ramped and it sounded deafening in terms of feeling the energy, electrical, whatever you want to say that that is. Again, yeah. the the particles in the room formed this and it came right at me. And I'm saying, you guys hear that too, right? And Tyler says, I heard it. I felt it. And I was like, I feel it too. I feel it. And he would go on to say about how he got lightheaded sitting on the couch in there three different times distinctly not okay. Yeah. In fact, he excuses himself. After that? Yeah. Yeah. This, if you're watching the video, this is kind of culminates around the 43 or 44 minute mark. And you'll notice we're in there. 30 more minutes, maybe. I can't remember now if we left and left the video. I think we did Just leave the video the going and said, let's go downstairs and come back and get, I can't remember. Again, something that should have, I should have a really good working knowledge of what occurred that night. And there's parts of it that are, after that electrical storm, things are just different. Yeah. And I think this is the electrical storm in the way that it sounds on tape. Whistling noise. Come on, man. I hear you. Y'all hear that shit, right? It's one of those things where when you look at the spectrogram of it, Mm -hmm. there's this really elevated hertz level. so baffled by this three o'clock thing, though. I wish I had more for you, Paulie, but that's all he said. Let me ask you a question. Yeah? That bouncer that sent you back, did he have horns on his head? Uh, no. He was just some big Irish goon in old-fashioned clothes. Did anybody there have horns? Or buds for horns? Those goat bumps? Paul, it was fucking hell, okay? Was it hot? Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? The heat would have been the first thing you noticed. Hell is hot. That's never been disputed by anybody. You didn't go to hell. You went to purgatory, my friend. I forgot all about purgatory. Purgatory. A little detour on our way to paradise. How long do you think we got to stay there? Now, that's different for everybody. 
You add up all your mortal sins and multiply that number by 50. Then you add up all your venial sins and multiply that by 25. You add them together, and that's your sentence. I figure I'm going to have to do about 6,000 years before I get accepted into heaven. And 6,000 years is nothing in eternity times. I could do that standing on my head. It's like a couple of days here. Dragging me to hell. What's You're the matter? What's the matter? You're dragging me to hell. Paulie, Paulie! You had a nightmare, honey. Mommy, someone was screaming. I'm scared. No, honey, it's okay. It's okay. Uncle Paulie had a bad dream. How much can you believe in dreams? Wait. Wrong. Christopher did not have a dream. A dream I make my peace. He was dead. Science said he was dead. Science. You need to talk to someone who deals with this kind of thing professionally. What kind of thing? He's in New York, Paulie. In Nyack. His name is Cullen. He's a psychic. A psychic? Get the fuck out of here. He's famous for contacting dead relatives for people. He contacted my dead friend Ronnie. Remember Ronnie with the arm? Yeah. He knew all about the fingers at the elbow, and I didn't even tell him. He said, Johnny is here. And I told him I didn't know any Johnnies. But then he said, well, one arm is shorter than the other. Does that mean anything to you? Ronnie. It was Ronnie. Jesus. Fucking creep show. You got nothing to lose except the nightmares. The Maceo showplace that most people remember is the Balinese room. The Balinese offered much more than hours in front of a noisy slot machine. And most of their places that they had, it wasn't like going into a casino today where you go in and it's just row after row after row of machines and tables and stuff. They're, they're gambling at the Balinese room in these places. They were in a, in a small room in the back. Texas Rangers became the bane of Galveston County gamblers. For a time, the Balinese foiled the Rangers' raids. Seven sets of green doors, um, and they're great big three by eight doors, you know, about that thick. Um, and the uh, first one was right up front. You didn't get in if you didn't know somebody. But, you know, the police would have to make their way in, and by the time that the alert had already been given, the, the gambling apparatus would disappear. Well, they were back there, they'd had all their machines, tables folded over, their machines hid, and all this stuff, and it was just a dinner club. All the chips were uh, uh, hidden. Often they hid them in the ovens. And whatever band was playing, they would, they would play the, uh, the Eyes of Texas Are Upon You. Well, the, the audience would all get up and stand up and start singing, and of course that would block the way for the Rangers to get to the back door. Outside law enforcement finally won out, and gambling at the Balinese ceased in 1957. But the jewel of the Maceo Empire met its demise not at the hands of the Texas Rangers, but at the fury of Hurricane Ike. It was completely gone. Let's talk about some things that occurred up there because I'd kind of gotten fuzzy on when when a couple of things 
happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a better context for when this happened exactly. But definitely when I heard this the next day. So a couple of things. Obviously, like I said, going to try to have ourselves a party. Here's another voice that we caught in the first hour up there. And there's no context on this. This is just a name. Well, I think it's a name. Could be Sunny. This was the first night? Well, see, now I refer to there being two nights at the Galvez. There was Thursday night in the boardroom and, well, Thursday morning in the boardroom and Friday morning in the boardroom. Okay. It changed the whole trip. Everything else was, and I don't want to say this like I didn't have a good time. I had a good time. Everything just seemed a lot more serious. And from the point of that electrical storm happening up there, neither one of us felt well. And that was Thursday morning. Yeah, I think that's that right. I think that's right. So walk me through what happened after that. The electrical storm happened. This was about 45 minutes or so into the first evening you were up in the boardroom, the first night you were up in the boardroom. So did you call it? I mean, you said you were up there for a little over an hour. Did you call it pretty quickly after that? Well, Tyler had to go do something. And so I said he had business to or he didn't want to stay up there anymore. I I think he had something to do like he needed to do rounds, but he definitely wanted to get out of there. And look, I like that kid a lot. He's a good dude. Side note, also believes in Bigfoot. I played him the Bigfoot howl. His chin hit the floor. But anyway, he left. And when we got downstairs and we started talking, you know, I knew he was lightheaded and all that. But I'm up there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes by myself. Mm -hmm. Now, I know for a fact at some point we left and came back in because... I put the cork on the the little metal thing that is on top of a bottle of champagne. Right, the little cage. Right. I took the cage, I put it in the middle of the table, I put the cork on top of it, and I was like, come on. Do something with it. What's funny is, if you think about it, I guess I was really only up there about an hour because we left, went all the way downstairs, and then went back up. And on the way back up, this one, like, if the cork is off of that thing, we've got it on video. One, I just left the video rolling. Mm-hmm. So we get back in there. 
and then Tyler has to go and I sit down at the table and I'm asking it to do something. And again, the atmospheric pop thing. Again, just the little clanks that are occurring. Yeah, I mean, I assume there's not one up there, but it almost sounds like an old clock. Yeah. To, in that audio, I'm sure it might well, sound yeah, different. Well, yeah, because it's looped. But, yes. So, we go. But. We're like, hey, let's leave the recorder going up here. The cork did not. No. Okay. But Should there were that clear. there were two cracks on the table, and the people on the video are responding to like, what the hell is that noise? Yeah. And again, just atmospheric in nature. So I get up. I'm like, we're gonna leave the recorder in here. We're going to go downstairs to the ballroom. And as soon as we get down into the ballroom, maybe it took maybe like five minutes and I felt like you had unplugged my battery. And again, we didn't start at three o'clock in the morning. This is not necessarily that late. Yeah. Definitely not too late to be able to keep going. I did. There was a, the ballroom was creepy. Well, no, I went to the ballroom first really early on the first night, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. After five oh one, and that was creepy. Um, when I was down there, it was like, again, a, a situation where I just felt like, I mean, I say, oh shit, because I feel something. I feel something there. That's in the ballroom, right? Yeah. So we go down to the ballroom because, hey, this is where they've had a lot of activity, and just the other night, and Tyler and I walk in there. I've got to charge. Yeah, I've got to charge my phone, but I let we left the recorder rolling, mm-hmm. so I plug my phone in the wall. We both sit down at the table and kind of start talking, and we only roll for like eight minutes, and I'm like, "This isn't gonna do it, dude. This is." Nothing. There's, it's not only that, but it's just, I feel zapped, but I also feel like there's unfinished business upstairs. So we head up there pretty quick and the atmosphere in that room hadn't changed. In fact, may have even been thicker 
will say that while we were gone, there wasn't anything captured on the tape yeah. while we were gone necessarily. But we go back in. We were having a big discussion downstairs about the computer again. Like, why was that happening? So we turn all the lights out. And the thing is, obviously, people are watching the video feed. It's not really cool if it's just straight dark. Right. It doesn't really have night vision on that. Right. So I'm sitting on, we both sit on the couch in the parlor and I have the camera on a table next, like where there's a lamp next to it. But I have the laptop sitting in my lap so that there's something in the room, you know? Mm -hmm. And this again, I think is why Facebook ended up taking the video down because I'm going through YouTube playing Peggy Lee, who again is one of the people that's mentioned as a Balinese performer. There's a lot that goes on here. So this is the end of the first night. Yeah. In the boardroom. Yeah. Boardroom. Boardroom. Mm-hmm. I'm still at this point convinced that there's an Alice Hunt or an Alice Hunt. <laughs> right. Which now I do not think that was what was being said. But again, back up there asking questions. And this is the first time that we've been sitting in there with all the lights out. It's completely dark. And I will mention that I could tell when something came into the room, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Could you hear that first sound? Again. In it's that kind of weird. It's the Yeah. All of these audio clips have some sort of boom in front of them. Yeah. The what's really weird is it would seem like a knock and then a response. That's on the tape. That's not Now, a lot of those we heard yeah. Because I react to them as I hear them. And especially at this point, when you turn the lights out, since it's heightened, I'm hearing the thumps and the clugs. I'll tell you this, I probably wrote off like 20 of them thinking it was somebody upstairs. Then come to find out that there's no one directly up there where I'm hearing noises. Yeah. Which I didn't know until the next night. So, of course, I say I'm going to play some music. I think I'm going to play some music since you liked that so much earlier. That's a really long response. Well, at the very end of that, it's like, did you just hear that? Okay. And is that so you this or is, is that? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Again, that's something that there's a there's a clank in there somewhere. 
And again, a sentence, a long response. Yeah. I almost hear the word music in that response. Oh, oh. Is that something you hear? Or is Because you say, I'm going to play some music, and I, I hear, like, somewhere in that response, something like, so this is Da-da me music. saying I'm gonna play some music. Yeah, and then the response followed by me saying, "Did you just hear that?" Looped. So let's listen to it again. I think I'm gonna play some music since you liked that so much earlier. Like almost the third word sounds. Do like you hear music. the like the rhythmic the knock knock? Yeah, yeah. In there, it sounds no like wording. Let's yeah, yeah. it's like da 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 da. That's I wonder. What I'm or it's like knock. I can edit this in here, right? I don't know. I think so. I remember how there used to be a little. My Enco game is not anywhere near <laughs> what it used to be. Out of practice. Oh, there's the VO. Okay. Got that. Reset the head and tail here. This should be much louder at this point. And this, hopefully this won't mess it too much, but I'll play it out of here and I don't necessarily have to save it. So, again. I think I'm going to play some music since you liked that so much earlier. See, at first I, I was thinking music, but like the first two words, like I'm almost hearing get your. Let's see. I'm going to ramp it way up here. Let's see what happens now. Like get your. Get your. I can't. Get your something. That third word sounded like music at first to me, but I don't know if I'm... If I... I don't know. I'll be interested to see if anybody hears anything in that. Uh, the sad thing is... Again, this video we do not have. I'm going to try to petition Facebook at least to release it to me. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. Right. But then again, we were 
put in jail. Facebook jail for... For having a penis. <laughs> so... So still on that... Well, let's see what happens here, because... I play, at some point, I'm like, I'm going to crank some fish, you know, let's get it going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly in their wheel- wheelhouse. Right. Well, we were having the conversation, what if we play something, in fact, what I'm playing is like a really long, exploratory, o- uber psychedelic ghost. So I'm like, this is going to get the weirdness up factor through the roof. And you can hear me. You'll hear Tyler in the background. You can hear the music shut off. Just going to let me come in here and own the joint like I do anyway. Oh, yeah? Tyler? He stopped it? Yeah. I want to go ahead and get it on the record. I want to get it on the record that whoever is up here doesn't like fish. And again, just going to run the place. The I own this joint. They're not having that. What can you tell me about the Maceo family? What can you tell me about the Balinese room? What can you tell me about the free state of Galveston? What can you tell me about the Dixie Mafia? And then, you know, I run this show. Mm -hmm. Every time. That was the thing that got it the angriest, as it were. Yeah. There's something that a lot of you have heard because I put the video together. I start asking the questions again and again the video I'm like the video really the video shut off you know we're looking at it Tyler's astounded it did that same sort of thing that it did earlier right yeah and I ask again I start in with the who's up here we're on the couch and I actually just put two and two together that this is on here before what's about to happen. And this literally just hit me because, holy cow, we're dealing with two different recording feeds. So we were rolling on the live feed. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of problems with the live feed. That's the other thing was that it was freezing. Everyone was talking about how it's freezing up or there was no audio coming through. Yeah. And to be fair, that could be weird. Yeah. No. In fact. Network weirdness. We were talking about is that because Facebook was trying to censor it at the time? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I don't know if they do any sort of live stuff like that. to. This is, dude, I didn't realize that these the, these are in almost succession. So I'm asking, and you, I think you'll hear in here, do you know anybody else that lives, do you know anybody else in the hotel? Who else do you know in this hotel? Who else do you know in this 
I mean, I think that's clear as day. It's Sam Lucy. Who else do you know in the hotel? Lucy. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to point out the other thing that really is creeping me out is that there are what appear to be multiple voices coming from this room. And this is where the weird, the attitude and that, that angle. And now I'm wondering if it's because of that, because I obviously didn't hear that out loud. Right. But I'll just say, it's not very much longer, and I hear this, and then we'll discuss it. I really hope you people out there in Radio Land are uh, Do you hear that? Somebody there? It sounded like a girl. So now So you heard that, that out loud. Voice. Yeah. And it came through on the video feed because that was the first thing that David and I talked about was I was like, if you if you heard that and we caught it, if you heard that then and that means we caught it, that's crazy evidence that I start talking to a girl. Mm-hmm. My whole tone changed, and what's wild is to think that I'm sitting there asking questions. Do you know anyone else in the hotel? It says Lucy, and all I can tell you is it was almost like something came in from the elevator area because it was right over there by the bar. It wasn't back there in the boardroom. Yeah. It was right there, and Tyler was taking pictures like – we both knew something was right over there. I don't know how to explain this kind of stuff. But Did he hear it as well? Yeah. <laughs> so he hears it and he starts taking pictures or, is he, he, or does he feel it? We, we knew it was like all of a sudden there was a feeling in the room. And I'd just been asking, do you know who else is in the hotel? Is there somebody else up here? Do you know somebody else up here? Whatever. And I say, is there somebody else up here? As if it's okay. And my tone changes completely. Mm -hmm. I start talking softer, more understanding, caring. And I'm just like, you know, it can't hurt you. Worry about that. Now, there's a couple of different things that we think that that woman might be saying right there. But yeah, hear this out loud. I really hope you people out there in Radio Land are... uh... Do you hear that? Somebody there? Sounded like a girl. So I hear one of those pops. Again. What what were you... I mean, do you even remember what you were... Trying to say or about to say. Well, that was right after I'd got done saying, if somebody's hurt you, it's okay, they can't. Yeah. There's nothing to be afraid of. And I'm about to say something along the lines of, I hope you people out there in Radio Land are appreciative of the fact that we're sitting in this darkened room talking yeah. to multiple ghosts. 
It was that surreal yeah. of a feeling that... Like you were in there, like... They're here. They're that big of a presence. They're here. Yeah. Not only the ominous, dark feeling from that boardroom, but then some sort of... The only thing I can describe to it, how to describe it to you is... It was soft blue, Mm -hmm. sad, but soft, and it was right over there, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about how you don't have to worry about him. He's not going to hurt you. I really hope you people out there in Radio Land are, uh... Do you hear that? Somebody there? Sounded like a girl. I can't make out what it would be saying. It sounds like a couple of words, but I I really... I'm gonna say, it's either saying too late or get away. There seems like there's a hard consonant in there at some point. I really hope you people out there in Radio Land are, uh... Do you hear that? Somebody there? Sounded like a girl. And again, I could be completely off on what it's saying. Yeah. The point being, I heard a woman's voice audibly. And and that's a different voice than that previous response. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think of all of them, that's really the only one that I heard out loud. Yeah. I feel like the rest of the stuff was all the noises and the popping. The popping is insane. That seems to be just over and over and over again. Yeah. Are there any recordings, like historical recordings of any of the people, the Maceos or any of the people... Up there. Well, it's really funny. There's a book. Aside from these. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean of their voices? Right. Ooh. I'd be interested to know what some of those people sounded like. Ooh. And I don't know if there were any old. I I don't even know what they would be. But I, I bet, you know, at some point. I've been reading a lot lately. Mm hmm. And. There's a book that I want to talk to this lady or this guy, I can't remember, wrote Galveston, A History of the Island. And, you know, I've read a bunch of it on the Google documents, but, you know, that skips every other page. That's the way that they play it. But there's... I mean, there's discussions of, you know, these people that they're making deals with are in town and there's a 19-year-old hooker from Dallas who has manners that are so impeccable that she could have dinner with the queen. Mm. And he's staying in Maceo's penthouse. So the amount of people in and out of that joint, that's why I kind of have felt like there's not really going to be a chance to... I keep wishing I could stumble across something talking about somebody named Lucy, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Or Sonny. 
The sunny, I'm thinking there's a better chance of. The key to all this is Mr. Bobby knows a lot of that stuff by heart, and he's just currently not there right now, but should be returning shortly. Um, I forgot about telling you what happened the next day, but what I'll say is she came in, we noticed it, and there's a very evident, it's gone. Everything was done. It was it was over after that. Pretty close after that. Yeah. After she came in, there was never any more malice. And it was over. In fact, I it's on the tape. I look at him and I'm like. Could she have been telling them to get away? Mm. Like, hey, knock that, it off. And that's fucking interesting, man. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. Wow. Like almost like a like a guardian or something. In a way, sure. Either way, it ended. And it's funny because I looked at Tyler and I was like, it feels different in here. And he kind of had a look like, I don't feel anything. I was like, no, I mean, like, it's gone. It's over. Yeah. And it, it was evident. I packed up, we cleaned up, went to bed. How'd you sleep that night? On and off. I remember waking up a couple of times. Again, I rocked it past three o'clock, so there wasn't much nighttime sleeping. Yeah. The interesting thing is, unlike two nights before or whatever, when I was in 501, and just as I'm normally able to do, knock a nap out, ready to roll, I was dragging. I mean, I am dragging, but I was dragging ass. The next day? Yeah. Yeah. Between... Discussing the audio that we had captured, and I'll have to tell you, didn't know about the Lucy, didn't know about most of those clips, I'm blown away that there's the video's been removed. I see that the video, I get the email from Facebook that the video is removed at 3.38, so I bet you we left shortly after 3, mm-hmm. and kind of shocked by that. But we locate the woman's voice, and I'm almost overwhelmed by the fact that, in fact, what I said, if there's a female on there, if there's if that is caught on tape, that's a pretty good piece of evidence because it's evident that we hear yeah. a female. The only thing that bugs me about the video not being there is the chats because when you watch them in real time the chats come up in real time or when you watch them back and I didn't get to see most of that because of what I was doing 
So I can only imagine what's lost lost in time there. Again, thanks a lot, the FB. <laughs> but real helpful. The day is there's a storm out in the Gulf, pretty massive one. And there's some serious storming going on during that third hour to the point where we think that the next day it's going to slam. It's the full moon. It's on. And again, full moon, big storm in the Gulf. I should be amped. And I just am out of it. I can't pull pull it all together. Yeah. And I talked to Davis. He's asking about the night before. And he said, I walked up there today. And when he was, uh, he had a specific task when he went up there. Said he was leaving and he felt something tap him on the head as he's walking out. Wow. So I'm like, you're coming up there. Tyler's coming up there. We're going back to the boardroom. And I'll just go ahead and say, I also have full access to 505 for the rest of the night. I should be primed and ready for one final let's go investigation. Maybe I should have reversed the angle because it's not even 11 o'clock because Davis gets off at 11. We go up to the boardroom and... We're having conversations. I kind of have David show me what happened with the chair. I'm in a really good mood when I get up there, though. I mean, I open the video by, like, spinning around, and I'm going, woo! Yeah. And. But this is, I mean, your plans are not the same as they were earlier. You're not playing music. You're not up there trying to. No. In fact, I'm saying that if you don't come out and talk to us, I'm going to go get my music and we go get my booze and we're going to have another party up here and I'm not going to leave you alone because that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting is that it doesn't want me up there again. It's like, get out of here. You're bothering me. Yeah. So I'm poking it with that angle. We're having conversations. Davis starts talking about the, that's when he said, if you think about it, that there's a mafia family running the show up here. I would imagine that there would be people who would come in this room who didn't leave. I think the total video is like 45 minutes that we were up there. I'm almost done getting ready to sign off, and I'm kind of signing off with the map. You ain't got nothing. Yeah. We'll be back. I'm going downstairs. I'm going to get the laptop. We're going to have some good times tonight kind of attitude. And it didn't like that either. Harvest Moon Edition. What the the fuck was that? So that sounded as loud to you as it did just now. And in fact, I was just watching that last part 
it's weird because I am holding the phone up to me like, all right, I'll be back. Harvest Moon edition. I'm literally moving my thumb to hit the goodbye. Uh-huh. Harvest Moon edition. And he clearly heard it. Oh, yeah. Melissa heard it. Melissa was watching Uh live from her place. So, okay, again, walk me through where you are during this. You've got the the entryway, the boardroom. At the end of the boardroom is the attic. Yeah, we're sitting at the table at this point. Okay. So what I'll do right here. Is this the video? Mm-hmm. I'll put it right about... Harvest Moon Edition. What the, what the fuck was that? And she's like, there is a jacuzzi on the eighth floor... And the spirit set him off quite often. Oh, okay. A jacuzzi above that room? Well, it's not directly above it. It's on a floor. It only has like two rooms. There's two rooms up there, and they both have jacuzzis in them. But I mean, it does like if we. It does sound like a a pump or. But what she said. What she says is. There's no way you would run the tub just for, twenty seconds or sure, whatever. Yeah. Jared's typing burn one. What the fuck was that? What was that hum? I mean, it's evident over the video. Yeah. Sean, our boy in Melbourne, was like, it sounds like a compressor or something electrical, which everything up there, again, had the electrical component to it. Yeah. And Jared's like, I heard a fucking foghorn. <laughs> but, I mean, it does have that quality to it. And I mean, but, I'm saying it's like... If I'm sitting at that table with the parlors behind me. And there's those two closets on either side. Hear it over here. Loud. In the next five minutes, hear it again on the other side. And that was the thing. It was like, had like a blender quality to it. Yeah. Which brings me to telling the story about my mom being there at the Galvez to go to the Balinese room, borrows $50 from her aunt, her and her buddy go down there, get a room at the Galvez, their air conditioner goes out, and the hotel staff puts them on in a suite on the seventh floor till they get the AC fixed. And they forgot that they were there and they were on the seventh floor the rest of the week mm-hmm. and they had a blender and rum and like powdered daiquiri mix, which just cracks me up. <laughs> like, what are the chances, you know? Right. But they went to the Balinese room. She can see the extracurricular activity going on. Had all you know, had heard about this place and how fancy it was. I mean, she was like, We did we had 
so little money that all they did was order a salad. But just to go yeah. into the club. And the thing is, it's shift change, so we do have to go downstairs. I'm like, we'll be back. And no sooner do we get downstairs than I am done. I had no nothing in the tank. I did everything I could, too. I went to get something to eat. I went and sat at the bar and had some cold brew coffee, um, trying to think of anything to get. And I was just zapped. So did you capture anything else up there that night? Second night? When did that sunny audio get captured? Oh, that was the first night in there. Yeah. I think, let's see. Where's that? Yeah, this was uh, first hour, first night in the boardroom. Yeah. So weird the the array of voices, right? <laughs> so okay, let's try to. I want to tell you one other thing, and then okay. and then I'll let you. So I get back home, and I'm spent. In fact, it took me two hours to get through Houston. I'm coming up here. I got here, I got nothing. I mean, nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing left in me. And I had to do red eye Sunday night into Monday. And I honestly didn't start feeling quote-unquote normal until Sunday night when I go into red eye. And I typed this email just trying to kind of get my thoughts on the page. Because for the first time I go back and look... When I come up here Saturday night, it's the first time I go and watch the video from the first night and watch that whole shadow forming up there in the right. upper right-hand corner. And I say, I started to wonder, I hope Tyler is okay. He mentioned how sick he felt the next day. I now realize that there's something in that area of the hotel that isn't nice. Here are some notes. Would love to hear what you guys think. Um, I want to make sure that I have the events of what took place straight in my head. I have working theories, and I know you two can lend some knowledge. Confrontation in the boardroom. I never intended for it to go that way. I wanted to have a party. After touring the area with Melissa earlier in the day, I came away from that thinking it was a fun place to be. A fly on the wall just to see the Rat Pack. The parties. What amazing times had happened there. I set out to recreate the good times. I made a playlist on my iPhone. I bought some champagne. Let's have a party, see what happens. Whatever or whoever is up in that boardroom is not about having fun or a good time. 
why did I take such an adversarial tone in the boardroom when I didn't really ever act like that? Though obviously haunted, I've never felt that any place in that hotel was, quote, scary. The boardroom was scary, ominous, thin air, lightheadedness. I now remember hearing Melissa tell me something about a goon of the Maceo family. Was he the right-hand man? Is that why the chair at the right hand of the table turned to face Davis? It was obvious that after we went into the storage area, we stirred something up. We heard the thump while still in the attic. Lots of noise after that. I tell Tyler, let's cut the music, turn the camera, and then start saying that I run the joint. Mention the Maceo family. Shadow starts to form in the upper right-hand corner of the boardroom. There's some sort of odd electrical noise in the parlor, and I ask Tyler what the fuck was that. Also, though I don't notice it at the time, dark shadow keeps forming in the right-hand corner. Then I pick up the camera, walk into the boardroom. Just like with Davis, as soon as I stepped across the threshold, the activity increased. I hear footsteps or shuffling in that corner. I freeze. I say, who's there? Come on. And that's when the electrical storm happened. I can tell you I physically witnessed it coming at me. It was like it was moving through the lights towards me. Though it doesn't necessarily register on the audio, it's evident in the spectrum analysis. And I feel it in my legs. And I tell him that it was impressive. Tyler goes downstairs. I sit at the table alone. There are two distinct pops that occur, like atmospheric pops. I also feel like there are sounds coming from the back in the attic. When we go to the ballroom to talk about how bad we feel. Same thing Friday night. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell how difficult it is for me to go through that. It's emotional. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a just like a very um, I don't even know what the right dramatic place, like a lot of ups and downs. It's like big feelings going on in there, you know, and and elicit eliciting. And here's the other big thing. feelings. Friday, before we go back up to the boardroom, we go to eat one last time and went to some amazing restaurants down there this time that I hadn't gone to before. Had char-grilled oysters. So good. Again, I should be like, my strength and stamina should be at peak level. Yep. When we're walking down there, I see this store across the street called The Witchery. I'm like, what is that place, you know? Turns out it's a procurer of all things. I've never seen a setup like that before. That place rules. Uh-huh. Like they have the drawers of every herb, right. every spice, every incantation. Hundreds of books. My favorite book title, Wikipedia. (laughs) But Saturday, before I left, 
after realizing what had happened to me the night before. But I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back to 505. I wanted to go do stuff, and I had nothing left. I got worried. I got worried because at no other point have I felt like any of those other rooms in that hotel are scary. I definitely feel like that hotel is haunted through and through, but not scary, not hurt you. And I felt physically altered by what had happened. And I feel like Tyler was physically altered by what happened. And I feel like kind of responsible for the fact that he was in there with me as my security detail. And I went to the witchery and I bought Sage for Melissa and wrote her a note saying, hey, don't let the dark things burn out your light. Yeah. Have you talked to Tyler since? Kind of almost won't get back to me. <laughs> I just have his email. Yeah. But I emailed him like about that weird guy just to be like, this is the dude that I was telling you about, you know, yeah. but I hadn't heard anything from him. And I asked him to send those pictures. I think, I think it affected him. I know it did. He admitted to it. He's a tough customer. <laughs> but you know how we are at 23. No, wait, he's 20. Davis is 23. He's 20. He went into that room not thinking that there was anything. Come out feeling all weird and... He left with a different feeling. Yeah. I'll do that to you. Well, from the sounds of it, you've riled them all up. Yeah, so... (laughs) Um... I got, see, there was two things that she told me. I know about the telecom guy, but there was another thing. Oh. This is really crazy, too. That first night we were talking about, right when we go in there and we're turning the lights on and the lights are stroby, kind of, they're Mm -hmm. flickering. And I think Tyler even says, like, I don't like flickering lights. So maybe Monday. Because, again, I'm preparing to be on Coast to Coast. I'm really focused on that. But Melissa tells me that Davis comes up to her and says, I've had to change 45 lights in sconces. Throughout the hotel. That. They're flickering. In the holes. On every floor. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's abnormal. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean that's the reason that he's coming to her. Have you noticed this. Yeah. Is going on. And then. What she told me happened like a day or two later that there's a telecommunications worker there who was up just off of the seventh floor where the eighth floor turret is, which the way that you would get there would kind of be to go through that little area. 
the guys up there looking at the work, whatever the cables that he's putting in. And very clearly, very distinctly in his ear, here's a fuck you. And the guy flips his shit. Won't go back up there. I mean, think think about think about a couple of those things. Think about the fuck you in the ear. Think about the tap on the back of the head. Ooh. The tap on the back of the head. Like is that is that a this? Right. That's the two tap. You know what I'm saying? Holy shit. I dude. just made a finger gun for the listeners. Holy shit. But if you're thinking about mafia connections, you're thinking about what Davis said about people going up there, not coming back. You think about saying fuck you, dude. Like, I want to go up there, but I don't want to go up there. You know what I mean? Like, I. I was more nervous before I went up there than I had been doing anything. And at that point, I wasn't thinking along those lines. Yeah. I mean, so we've talked a lot about different experiences um where would you say this one rates i mean you know in the the pantheon of what we're talking about i I mean uh, like as far as stuff that has happened to you i i mean it's vaulted right there to the top and there's only one one other thing <clears throat> that's been this out of control, and that was the howl. Mm-hmm. Dumbfounded that that occurred as it did and shocked me and shook me down in a different way. It maybe proved something to me that I wasn't necessarily sure that I wanted to believe in or could believe in. And now it's hard for me to try to talk about it and come up with anything other than as an explanation. As far as all the ghosty, ghosty stuff that's happened to me, this was by far the most impressive. And that from New Orleans to... I don't even know what happened at Meter Cemetery. I don't know what that was, the scythe. I don't know yeah. what that was. That's a different level of weird. But I haven't... I've come across some dark things that, you know, supernatural... Yeah, I'd even say, like, demonic situations where I've had feelings like there was people around me that may not be on the up and up and Mm -hmm. a lot of that happened in the desert but this was different than that and scarier than that on a different way and 
The weird thing is, is I don't know if I would have been able to do it if the camera wasn't rolling. It was this weird, I put myself in this weird position where I was performing for the people who were going to take the time to watch us. Yeah. I was going to perform for them. Well, it's almost like you're not alone in that situation. Right. Totally. Even when I was sitting there by myself at that table. You've got a connection to the outside world. Unless that connection's cutting in and out and I don't even know it, you know? (laughs) Right. But it's up there, man. It was completely, completely different than every other. You know, I said something on this podcast and it may have been after the scythe episode where I said it's one of those things where you go to the spooky thing and then you're not really expecting something spooky to happen. I felt like the hotel knew that I was there the moment that I walked in. I'm not trying to say that I feel like I'm special because I don't. I'm just being more cognizant of the way that I feel. Right. And this is the first time that I've felt and analyzed myself after the fact because I've never filmed myself while it occurred for that length of time. I've had audio rolling while I was doing something, but not really. Yeah. Again, I don't, this is a kind of ghost hunt that's totally different than anything that I've ever participated in. And I'm having to admit that whether it's something, whether it's something on me or in me or whatever that I was affected by what was up there. I can't get over the fact about the girl walking in and the tone. Yeah. And that is so strange. What's What's really weird is Thursday I was taking Sadie to her drama class of all things her drama class and it's just her and I in the car I'm almost over there and I'm thinking about something and I don't even really remember what I'm thinking about but I got really like I got this like overwhelming feeling of being really angry really angry and Sadie said how did your ghost hunt go dad mm. and again she saw the man in the green smoke well, while she was sleeping and I was out there in the hall talking to the, talking to the thing. Oh, she was talking about the man in the green smoke. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was uh, traumatic in a lot of ways and it's weird that I would have to say that I felt like I needed a vacation after that vacation because yeah, it was um, draining in a way that a place like that should not be. I mean, it's a resort and spa. The, the bad thing is 
I don't know how you or I could go back there without wanting to to do that again or wanting to experience that. It's like forever different. Yeah. The funny thing is that's a place that you can't just go. Yeah. You have to have access yeah. to get up there, period. You can't even get in the elevator and go up there. It's not like the fifth floor where you could just walk into the hotel and go up to the fifth floor. And they catch people doing that all the time. Just walking into the hotel yeah. to walk up there and take a picture of 501. It's not like that. Now, thankfully, you know, our friends at the Hotel Galvez seem to have no problem having me go up there. And it's kind of one of those places where it's like you can't really bother people, which is another thing that yeah. they were worried about with me getting loud in the room. But, I, you know, 501, that was no – that seems like a different trip. That's how bizarro that is. It seems like I had two trips to Galveston. You're dealing with different forces. I told David that, you remember, I think it's the Of Apes, Spirit and Sea episode. There's a running theme through that with the episode from The Sopranos where Christopher is shot and wakes up from his coma Mm -hmm. and he tells them that he saw Mikey, a guy that they killed. Mikey told me to tell you guys 3 a.m. And Paulie starts freaking out on that, you know. He's like, what the fuck is he talking about, 3 a.m., you know. Yeah. And his girlfriend, you need to go see the psychic. And Polly goes in there and he's sitting there just with the other people. And the psychic is like talking to this person and just keeps looking like over Polly's shoulder. And he's got that Tony Sirico genius looking around him like, the fuck you looking at? And he's like, I hear you, sir. Not to to- not to Polly, but like over his shoulder. And he's like, calm down. It's like, who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> and he's like looking around like this, like there's a shit ton of things going on behind him. And he's like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And he's like, what are you talking about? Do you really want me to spell it out for you? He's like, that one says poison ivy. He wonders if it still itches. And he's like, who the fuck you been talking to? And he picks up the chair and chunks it at him and it's fucking quiz. <laughs> you know, he tells Tony later on, he's yeah. like, I'm dragging a shit ton of dead guys around with me, you know? Is that the reason why there's so many different voices up there? Yeah. I mean, that's that, that was what I had been thinking. It's like almost maybe impossible to figure out who's up there because maybe those names just don't exist. Some of them didn't matter. Some of them yeah. 
in the grand scheme. It's so funny, too, because you know, there's a few different ways to look at the thing. I mean, there's aspects of La Cosa Nostra that are okay. They're I don't necessarily they're providing services to people who want those services. An influx of money, cash, entertainment come in. And as people will tell you, that area never suffered during the Depression. Mm-hmm. It was a completely different place because they didn't have the same cares and concerns that a lot of other towns did. The problem is you don't go from being two brothers who cut hair. One of them is a barber at the Hotel Galvez, one of them close to there, to running Forget the count, you know, forget the county, the coast. Yeah. You don't get from there to there without there being trail of tears, as it were. Maybe those people deserved what they got and weren't any nicer. And, and the Macios were well liked in Galveston. Mm hmm. All the way through all of the ups and downs, uh, those people were behind him. And I am too. <laughs> I am too. We're cool, brother. I'm very okay with that. That's the reason why it's so weird that she just mentioned the, the goon. And the right-hand chair turns... Yeah. And the tap on the head. Yeah. Dude, that is why I keep you around, Matt, right there. <laughs> I cannot wait to tell Melissa to tell Davis. Tell that Davis is... he was nearly taken out. Dude, hold on just a second. No, he didn't work. He in there right now. Mm. I was going to say we should straight up call the front desk and say, <laughs> hey, Davis. What if that tap on the head was a gun? <laughs> Literally. It's so cool, though. That place feels homey to me. Mm-hmm. I Everybody down there knows me. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take long. Yeah. I, I mean, there were patrons at the hotel who I had no conversations with, who I would get in the elevator with, and they would turn and look at me like, you're the one doing the thing. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? I don't even... You're the one stirring everybody up? Um, Yeah, I I think at the end of the, of the day, all this ghost stuff aside, I think it's uh, just looking at it from up here, and I'm sure you would agree with me, those people couldn't be any cooler. No. Um, The fact that they let some idiots run roughshod through their hotel and stream it out to the world uh, is is pretty cool. And, I mean, for a hotel with as much history as it's got and as many stories as it's got, I'm glad to see that they're that they embrace that rather than 
you know, well, right? Kind of, uh, we, you know, we don't want to be the haunted hotel or anything like that. Right. Well, that's the thing, and that's the thing that we're doing different. The again, we've got something right around the corner where the whole idea of legend tripping, we were bringing it to life. That's why, more than anything, this is a travel podcast because it's about going and experiencing and telling the stories and hopefully getting people to follow up, go places. It's already happened. You know, we've already mm-hmm. encouraged people to go places that they weren't going to go before. And it's the whole concept of, again, embracing your legend. It's the same thing as the small town monsters. Hey, Minerva, you had a monster. Hey, Minerva, let's have a Minerva monster day. Yeah. And all of a sudden your town is making money off of it. Of course you want to embrace it. And they, more than anyone, do and love that about them. You can tell how big of an impact it had on me that I didn't do any of the other things that I planned on doing. You know, I wanted to go by the Durst house Stick my phone out the window and talk to him. Yeah. See if I can get Maurice to talk to me. I wanted to go over to the Lafitte place. I didn't give two shits about any of that once the boardroom occurred. And we did have the weird in-between where we're doing 501 and then get the call to... From coast to coast. Mm -hmm. It was, um, it's an unbelievable place. It won't be long until we go. I told you the other day, or I told you earlier how exhausted I was after the fact, but now it's all I want to do is all I can think about is go back and especially since I feel like feel like we're uncovering stuff that's already there's a lot more going on with the history of the whole place and yeah I'm really fascinated with the idea of gangsters presidents politicians, celebrities, and that Balinese room out there on the on the water, which I didn't even really, now I remember the Balinese room. Now I do. At the time, when I originally started thinking about it, didn't kind of just assumed it was somewhere downtown or something. No, it was right across the street, out on a pier, out over the ocean, and operated it as a restaurant until Ike. So it was 88. But you look online, you can see pictures of the police smashing the gaming tables and the liquor barrels and just... Blows my mind that of all the places that that's 
It was such a gangster's paradise. <laughs> and I mean, the dude helped put Vegas together, you know? Yeah. Uber influential. And I think when, yeah, when FDR was at the Galvez out on a fishing boat and that was turned into the Southern White House, Sam Maceo would have been there, except he was in New York facing federal mm-hmm. narcotics charges. He was also complete, implicated in a nationwide trafficking scheme. Yeah. I mean, these were, these were the real deal. It was not some... Sicily. Yeah. This was not some a couple of guys who were, you know, running their neighborhood and doing a pretty good job of it. I mean, these no, are... And the amazing thing is, is that Rose was apparently the one that was a little bit, that Sam was kind of the public face and Rose was the brother that got stuff accomplished in yeah. certain ways. Like you smooth the public and I'll... I'll handle the the dirty work. It just, again, it just brings in more of the, this whole thing. That's what this is about, you know? It's about the history, the mystery, and somehow we're able to walk into these joints and walk to these places and, at least for now... The places respond to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And that's, if you want to know what this podcast is about, that's what it's about. That's that's where we're getting off on it. I mean, I enjoy telling the story. And I enjoy being part of the story. And it is funny that I would say, I hope you people out there are understanding what I'm kind of put it, we're... Me and this dude who does not believe in ghosts is getting sick for you. You understand? <laughs> yeah. It, it very much affected his life. Yeah, it did. It did. So so interesting. I mean, I just it's it's so funny how I just happened to pull up that stream that night when you were about to do the 501 and you ran into Davis and he just tells that story about the chair turning. I'm like that's interesting. I'd never heard about any other, you know, other places or the seventh floor. I'd never heard about anything up there. I know, right? Yeah. Like, ever. It's just so innocuous. Ever. That's never been. And the, I mean, maybe because it's not public necessarily. You well, know? that's I mean, the yeah. other thing is that this tour has become Melissa's. And when I went on the first tour that Melissa gave, the very first one. We did not go up there. The tour was 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now it's an hour and a half. And it was so awesome. It was like seeing my my girl blossom into this. Oh, I can't wait to show you all these. She wasn't there Monday when we got there. So it was like, can't wait to show you all these pictures. And that's all it was. was like, bam, bam. You see this? Do you see this? Do you see this? Pictures that people had taken? Or, mm-hmm. yeah. There was a lot of them that were, you know, pictures in the room. And you know, orbs are a lot of times just dusty to me. Yeah. She has some that are impressive. And then some of them that are like swooping. where <laughs> It's like there's an orb on the front, but with like a comet tail. Yeah. 
and a lot of these are in the bedrooms and such, but yeah, it was like this, again, an area of the hotel that there's not access to. You have to have a special key to get to. I mean, the presidential suite is right there. That's what it says on the door. Yeah. And there's, I, I know I took a picture of it. It's got to be when we were going up this time. There's the coolest little map. You know the Lannister lion mm-hmm. sigil where he's like standing up? Yeah. There's like a map on the wall, but like the continent is the Lannister lion. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was very GOT. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take that off the wall. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> he was kind of dumbfounded at how much power I yielded over the place. He was like, I can't believe that I've been instructed to allow you to do this, 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 this. <laughs> he was just blown away. Yeah. And then he was like, well, I do believe in Bigfoot. I was like, oh, I got something for you on that note. So wait a minute. So for now, for now, that's our little bow tie on the Galvez. I'm going to, Melissa's going to join us soon. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like I should probably let her marinate. I'm a little bit worried about the fact that she... I'm concerned just by the fact that she had a migraine tonight because if all of this is occurring, if I went in there and really did flip the tables over, right, (laughs) rattle the hornet's nest, see ya. Uh, (laughs) Kind of a dick move. It's so awesome, though. All those people, they're so cool. I mean, down to the girls at the front desk. Met a Mavs fan from Houston. Bonded over Dirk. Nice. Good times, man. Good times. And what a kick-ass place. And if you're anywhere in the area, go. But as far as, like, events and stuff... It's a great place for a wedding. Great place for an anniversary. Hell, Mike Reiner hears me on Coast to Coast and is like, I was elected into the Radio Hall of Fame at the Galvez and have played many gigs there. The Galvez got me to get Mike Reiner to agree to an interview. Nice. I would dig that with you, dude. (laughs) So look for that down the yeah. pipe. All of our ticket P ones. Um, can you take the ghost tour without being a guest of the hotel? Sure, sure. And the funny thing is, if you want to do it in October, you got to do it now, uh, because they're getting near capacity. Yeah. Hey, if you if you book with them, tell them we said what's up. Yeah, did you check the app out? No. That's the other thing, is there's an actual... How funny is this? They put together this... walk-through ghost app with voice actors. Uh Uh-huh. 
What what do we do? <laughs> Not asked to participate. Give us a call. But yeah, it's uh it's worth checking out and I know that a lot of people already have, but it means a lot to us and to them to stop by and tell them thanks because whether or not whether or not you were watching that stuff live I feel like by the time that most people hear this they're going to realize just kind of how crazy the whole scene yeah was and lots more to come man lots more to come I really appreciate you know, Matt was here putting the episode together with all the little stories. We're simultaneously getting asked to do coast to coast. It was so, a busy. It was a lot of things. A lot of work going for a on. vacation. A lot going of fucking week. work for a vacation. Yeah, and it meant a lot for people to be like, dude. That's awesome. Thanks for... I guess it came across, you know, like, hey, thanks for including us on your vacation. All the way down to me being locked in the pool area. Yeah. I guess that's how that night started. That's how (laughs) wild that seems. Is that that was when I was on the phone with you guys talking about getting off the phone with Tom. Right. And I down to the pool and and I try to leave and I'm locked in there and have to call the front desk. (laughs) Please help me. Let me out. We have a fan base to attend to. Yeah, we do. We have a fan base. So much more to come from this and other endeavors. We got Sasquatch conferences coming around the corner mm-hmm. and oh, a little place called Devil's Creek we'll get into that very soon we still won't to- tell you where it is though nice try Reddit <laughs> anyway keep guessing Um, <clears throat> I guess before we go we'll get our get our plugs in yeah Let's do that. Facebook.com slash OK Talk Show. Twitter.com slash OK Talk Show. Is it, is it YouTube.com slash OK Talk Show or OK Talk Podcast? I believe. One second. Probably OK Talk Podcast if it was set up through the. Yeah, it's OK Talk Podcast. Yep. Uh, find our. And YouTube. we're about to really start pumping things through there Mm -hmm. in terms of not just video but ways for people to listen to the show but you can see some of the stuff that we were talking about tonight yeah in fact uh, i'll probably on that page in fact i've got the the friday night from the boardroom ready to roll so again that's youtube.com slash okay talk podcast okay talk podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email 
and rate and review the program on whichever service you are listening to us through. That's a big player, man. That's big. It's big. It matters. It does matter. It matters big time, especially we're coming into the spooky months. Um, yeah. A lot of people are going to be searching for spooky stuff, spooky type podcasts, and the more ratings and reviews that we have, the higher we get listed uh, on those uh, search results. So, or the better placement we get. Um, so it's not just there to make us feel good. It actually does matter when people are looking for new things to uh, new things to listen to. So if you're not spreading the spreading the word of mouth, then you can help us out by leaving a rating and review and letting other people find us organically. I'm also going to go ahead and put this out. This isn't anything that we talked about, but we've got to start letting people help us in various and sundry ways. We're uh, currently accepting various and sundry recommendations for a logo. So if you know anyone and you want to try it out, give it a shot. Go for it. Yes. Or else I'll just continue to just sketch stuff on pieces (laughs) of paper, take pictures of it, and there's your logo. Which, by the way, I don't think is too bad. No, I don't. I don't. I think that should continue, but it would be nice to have a unified brand logo as well. I'm anti that now. We don't have anti. We don't have unified <laughs> anything else. We are barely unified at all. Um, you can find us at OKTalkShow.com. That is up and running uh, right now. It redirects to the Podbean page. Eventually, we will get that uh, set up. But we are easier to get to, and that'll uh, take you to a list of. All of our past episodes, you can search for different topics there and, and uh, pull up any episode that we have about Sasquatch or ghosts or whatever, or, or travel, whatever else you want it to be. Um, that's OKTalkShow.com. And I think that's that's it. Go give us like, share, rate, review, retweet. Make, make me feel like you care. Stroke me thusly. <laughs> Thanks again to everyone, all of you. Okay, talk. What's the problem? What the hell's the matter? Please, go on. He can't hurt you. You don't have to be afraid. I understand. Yes. I feel your anger. Who the fuck are you talking to? Charles. Yes, yes, you have a son. You're with your son? The fuck? I don't got no kids. Oh, old Sonny. Legano? Kind spirit. Is your name Sonny? Charles Pagano. How the fuck do you know that? He says he was your first. But I feel many more. Hey! That one's laughing. Poison Ivy? He wants to know if it still itches. Don't fuck with me. 
Who you been talking to? I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Why? What the fuck are they saying? Do you really want me to say it? Fuck you and this bullshit. But that's what this is, you know. Satanic black magic. Sick shit. I'm asking you to leave, sir. Eh? Fucking quiz! Quick, assemble, assemble, solution. We're stalling. Flags tangled in the wind. Slash, 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 slash. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.